Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Partially a uh, class schedule thing to give them some opportunities to be able to, um, you know, there's different majors and different classes. So we have a lot of guys, like we had guys this morning in accounting and engineering and construction engineering. So so part of it's the class schedule. Part of it is because we're a Friday practice team, there's 36 hours between uh, Tuesday's practice and Wednesday. So we can practice hard on Tuesday and then practice hard on Wednesday. Um, You know, we can can lift this. So all the guys came in and lifted this morning. So they practiced Tuesday. They meet Tuesday night. They close up kind of what happened on Tuesday. A lot of guys, if they're good players and they're good at the process, they do some film study. They come in Wednesday, they lift. A lot of guys kind of do some stuff extra, but they have a little more time to recover, so we can still work really hard on Wednesday, um, but they're just kind of not beat up still from Tuesday. So it's it's a little bit class, a little bit that, and then we come in Thursday morning. So they turn right around after Wednesday night and Thursday morning. We walk through, and then usually we practice on Fridays. This week, obviously, we can't, so we'll, uh, we'll play on Friday. Kicking off our third and final hour here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Avery Howard. We are on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and now for our third hour on KFOR in Lincoln. I want to tell you real quick about our friends at Dingman's Collision Center. They have been in business in Omaha for over 25 years, and they are 18 years running first place best of Omaha. Four great area locations. They can work on all your makes and models from Fords to Teslas, and they've got the latest technology to do so. Family-owned and operated, and they're a great part of the community with their Give Back program. Go to Dingman's.com for more. Uh, we are joined now by our friend Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, how are you this morning? Not bad. How's it going? Oh, we are doing just terrific, having a good time here on uh, on the show. So I asked Avery this earlier, and I'm curious uh, what yours is. Do you remember what is the most wrong you've ever been on a sports take? <laughs> most wrong I've ever been on a sports take. Um, Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I think think there were – you you know how Denver had that run of just, like, really, really bad quarterback drafts? Like Like Brock Osweiler? Yeah. Tim Tebow run of uh, things? Yeah. That – I, I felt like one of those would hit, and I think I was kind of vocal about that, and Mm. that obviously – um, it did not happen at all. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really go too hard in the paint with stuff. But, <laughs> um, that that would probably be near the top. Um, you don't have any any wild A's takes that you've shot off late at night. No. No. <laughs> I mean, sell the team's <laughs> not really a hot take. I go bad. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I love the, uh, the the all-in move in twenty. Was it twenty fourteen? Whenever they traded Cespedes and um, you know, kind of went all in. Mm-hmm. I, I, at the time, liked that move, um, and, and that was not a uh, a good move as it turned out. But 
I, I, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of age takes. I always just accept disappointment and um, it just kind of default default to anger now. It's kind of where I'm at. It's just, just angry about things. Uh, as you as you watched, or maybe you didn't watch, the Twins advance uh, in the playoffs for the first time. Your colleague Brian Christofferson's A's or uh, Twins advance since the last time when they beat your A's in 2002. Uh, did that did that stir any emotions, any feelings? Uh, no, it's. It, I was happy for BC. It's funny though. Um, it, if if you kind of followed along through the year with his feelings about this twin team mm-hmm. uh, that, that had to have been he, he was like a self-hating twins fan this year <laughs> um, just just completely out on him was expecting the, the other shoe to drop at any moment and it hasn't yet and uh, I, I think he's bought into this uh, plucky little group they've got so um, yeah I, not, not too bad of memories but you know when they were doing the 21 straight losses or whatever it was or it's like, yeah, I, I know, I, I know what the last one was. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like when I, when everybody, there's certain people in the media that make sure to remind me that uh, when it comes around the Royals winning uh, the wild card game over the A's, mm. like I, I, I remember all these things. Thank you, people. <laughs> I, I, I don't need the, I don't need the reminders. It's already on the, it's already on the calendar of sadness. <laughs> Do you, I would love to see an actual calendar of sadness, Brunts. That'd be incredible. Could you? <laughs> well, I'm an A's and a Broncos fan. It's year round. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> As a Royals fan, those were those were our glory days. I was gonna so say I'm you're so talking sorry. to one of your nemesis so right sorry. now. With Avery. It was short lived. Short lived. Hit the peak, and you know, but. As we kind of shift our focus to Illinois this weekend, just from hearing the players speak this week and coordinators and head coach, kind of what's the feeling that you're getting going into Friday? I know Anna yesterday kind of put it, do you feel like Coach Rule's putting too many eggs in one basket saying, you know, everyone will see what kind of team Nebraska is this Friday? Do you feel that way too? Or what are your feelings after hearing everyone speak this week? Yeah, it's uh, it, it adds pressure, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I – you know the way they they decided to go about things this week with the the Sunday practice and going full pads. Um, you know, I, I think I think that was the smart way to do it. I mean, I, I don't as much as everybody says, you know, flush it, turn the page, move on. Like you, you got to kind of sit in it a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to you, you got to go out, you got to you got to correct some mistakes. And I, I think you know that they didn't show up. I mean, it, you know, as, as much as. You know, Matt Rule wanted to parse words and, um, you know, talk about, you know, whether the, the, the fire was there and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is they were playing as football. And th- that was a prime example of what happens where you, if you don't show up to the fight, you're going to get hit in the face a lot. And that's what happened against Michigan. And, you know, I, I think the way that they kind of approached it early in the week was good to kind of say, look, this is not us. This is how we're going to do things differently. Um, you know, the players seem to respond to it. And, and, you know, we won't actually know until they get out on the field against Illinois. But, you know, in, from just kind of the, the 50,000-foot view, um, yeah, you are going to find out a lot about this team. I mean, are, are they going to kind of wallow and, um, you know, kind of you know not come out again? I mean, they, they've seen what happens when you don't. Um, and, and this is an Illinois team, and uh, you, you don't want to use the winnable game. You don't want to end up on a bulletin board. But, 
that this is a game that Nebraska should be able to get. And if you're kind of doing the, the scorecard at this point of the season and, and kind of seeing how you can get into the clubhouse with a bowl game, you kind of got to get this one. And, you know, I, I think they understand that this is a really important game for the direction of their season. And plus, you, know, you go to a bye week uh, right after it, you get a chance to reset the deck a little bit. So it is really, it, it is a really important game for them. I know Nebraska probably isn't on the level of looking at games and saying that should be a win or winnable, but <laughs> because you bring that term into the conversation, do you feel like Nebraska's margin of success this season could be winning the games that on paper should be wins? Because I feel like that's something in the past few years. It's, oh, that's a winnable game or that should be an easy win, and it's not. But Yeah, no, I mean, that's – you know, Illinois has won the last three games in this series. I mean, if anything, they should be looking at this game and saying, okay, we've got a, a down Nebraska team coming into our house on Friday night. Mm. Um, I, I, I would I would guess that both teams see this as a winnable game. And, and to, to your point and your, your question, yeah, I mean, that that, that to me is, is what October and that early November stretches for Nebraska is every one of these games coming up is a coin flip game. And every one of these games is going to be a test of everything that Nebraska for the last 10 years has not done well. You know, can you win the turnover battle? Can you win starting field position? Can you not, um, you know, have backbreaking mistakes and busts? I mean, it's going to be a test of their ability to play complementary football and, you know, as much as you kind of look at a, you know, a matchup and say, okay, this is a, a game that Nebraska should have a chance in, uh, they've got to go out and do it. And the, the fact remains that, you know, for the last few years and for a lot of these guys on Nebraska's roster currently, they have not gone out and, gone out and done it. And that, that's where the test is, is how do you, I mean, even just elevate your play to a point where you're, you know, doing the little things that allow you to win these coin flip games that, you have to win to, to, you know, go to a six and seven win team versus a, you know, a four and five win team. Brunson, I'm curious because you said something there that, that sort of made my ears perk up a little bit. You said elevate their play. Is it, do they need to elevate their play or do they just need to even out their play? Because it seemed a little bit like Rule thought, yeah, there's definitely some guys out there that aren't playing up to their potential, but it seems like against the teams like Illinois and, and a lot of what's left on Nebraska's schedule, if they just evened out their play rather than having all the highs and lows, that would do a lot of the work for them. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't turn the ball over. Um, you do the little things on special teams and defense. And, and a lot of these games, um, you know, over the next month and a half or month or so, um, you can probably feel pretty good about your chances of winning. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, defensively, especially what you saw last week, I mean, that, that, that was not the same group that you saw intensity-wise, um, you know, detail-wise that, that you saw against Minnesota um, or even, you know, the, the first half against Colorado. And I think that that's kind of what I go back to and I say, you know, you got to elevate things a little bit. And, you know, you're facing teams over the next few weeks that, you know, are going to try to really challenge you by running the ball. Um, you know, Illinois is going to try to do that. Um, they, they've, you know, had mixed results doing that. But it, it's going to be – you know, that, that kind of, uh, you know, long kind of heavyweight fight. And, 
you know, you, you have to be able to stand in there and do it. And I, I think that was the thing that was a little bit disappointing about last week was you know that Michigan's a better team. You know that they're farther along in their process with the head coach where Nebraska is. But it, it just didn't seem like the there was no oomph there. And I, I think that's where you, you kind of need to elevate things a little bit more is, is you know, you bring the intensity a little bit more. And I, and I, I think that – that more than anything to me was was the surprising thing last week was that it was just a kind of a flat almost defeated football team it looked like coming out of the tunnel yeah looking at illinois defense coming in last in a lot of ranks in the big 10 uh, nebraska that being one of their strengths just haven't seen that as much as we have in the first few weeks do you see this being a bigger opportunity for nebraska's defense or more of nebraska's offense in this matchup i feel like we've seen the level that nebraska's defense can get to and needs to return to and maybe excel but haven't really found the stride of nebraska's offense do you feel like this could be a game where maybe they both find their groove or which which opportunity is greater for nebraska in this one yeah it, it feels like it's an opportunity for the offense and you know, you. I, I always appreciate that they throw that little chart in with, with you know, the, the Monday game notes where they have, you know, where a team ranks in the Big Ten and where they rank nationally uh, in a lot of statistical categories. And neither of these teams um, are particularly high, especially Illinois. I mean, I, Illinois has really struggled uh, to stop the run. They've given up a lot of... Um, a lot of yardage on the ground, um, and, and and I think that's that's the challenge for this game is whether or not Nebraska can kind of find its mojo a little bit running the ball. So I think they're going to have to. Um, you know, are they able to get Heinrich Harburg going again um, with, with the option game? Uh, you know, Anthony Grant only had six carries last week. Yeah. You got to get him going. Um, you know, what what is Josh Fleeks going to do this week? Uh, how much can he do? Um, you know, it, it seems like a, the type of game where Nebraska should be able to get into an offensive rhythm. They haven't done that consistently this year, but um, you know, the numbers say that you know that this should be an opportunity for the offensive line, and they should you know probably be uh, accepting that challenge. Um, you know, the, the, on the flip side, I guess you know the other thing that that you know is kind of maybe been overlooked is Nebraska's dip in pressure, and, and they haven't you know they don't, the sack numbers aren't what they were. At the start of the season, Illinois does give up a lot of sacks, and that that, that would be on on defense where I think Nebraska has a chance to kind of get back uh, to what they were doing earlier in the year. But it, it, to me, it feels like a game about Nebraska's offense. If they're able to come out, control tempo, and 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 do things on the ground, I think that that'll give Nebraska a really good chance in this one. We're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Uh, Brunts, we were talking to some Illinois people kind of throughout the week, and one of them brought up that, you know, they really struggled with some of that perimeter run game, some of the uh, kind of choice run game, whether it's an option, whether it's a zone read, whether it's an RPO. Um, on that RPO, we haven't seen a ton of it from Nebraska. We did see a little bit of it at times. I'm specifically thinking of a – touchdown pass to Billy Kemp, I think, against Northern Illinois. Um, do you think that's something Nebraska can or wants to work into the offense a little bit more? Because it does seem like a place where Illinois could be particularly vulnerable. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, and, I, and I think pretty much you know anything going to the outside. I mean, I, I think we, we've seen at times that Nebraska really does run well on the perimeter. Um, and, and when Nebraska's made kind of some halftime adjustments and, and come out with some different looks in the second half. I, I think that's where they've been able to gash teams or, you know, whether it's the quarterback breaking big runs or 
finding a little bit more space on the edges. I mean, I think that's something that uh, Nebraska definitely has to, to explore in this game. Uh, you know, Illinois, for as much as they've struggled statistically on defense, they do have some good guys uh, on that defensive line and in the interior. So, you know, to me it makes sense to threaten the edges a little bit and uh, and see what you can do there, maybe finding a big player too. I mean, it, as much as I guess I talk about, you know, the, the rhythm and kind of the body blows and things like that, um, get, getting a big player too out of the run game would be huge at this one because I, I, it, it feels like it's going to be a low-scoring game and, you know, a, a bust here or a, a big touchdown run, something like that, I, I think would, uh, would really go a long way in this one for Nebraska. To start the week, Coach Rule said, you know, he needs the players on his team that may be playing on Sundays or just the leaders of this team to really show up. I know that might have been a blanket statement to his entire team, assuming that they're all paying attention. But in this game specifically, now that he's kind of challenged some of his team, which which players on this roster do you think maybe took that personally and may be the ones to rise to that occasion this weekend specifically? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I I, I felt like that was more directed at the defense. Um, you know, I think they've got some guys on that side of the ball that they feel like are, are Sunday-type players that, uh, you know, have been playing steady football but maybe haven't been making the kind of game-changing plays that Nebraska needs. I mean, Matt Rule's been harping for a couple weeks now on you know, the need for turnovers and creating turnovers. And, you know, a guy like Quentin Newsom to me, um, you know, that that's, that's a guy that you're hoping can finally get one for you because mm. he's played pretty steady for the most most part this season, but you, you just haven't had those kind of back-breaking plays um, made by Nebraska's defense much this year. And, I mean, you, you factor in that, you know, Deshaun Singleton, who was such a tone setter uh, for the defense, is going to be out. Luke Reimer is going to be out, too. So, you know, you, you're looking at your, your Isaac Giffords, your, your Javon Reggs, your um, Quentin Newsom's to step up and, and make a few plays um, because you, you don't have those kind of tone-setting guys in there for you, and you're going to need um, – you're going to have to win the turnover battle, and it's just so such a big deal uh, when you're playing on the road and you get one or two of those. And Illinois has shown this season, uh, Altmaier in particular, that he's more than willing to give up a turnover or two <laughs> Uh, so Nebraska's going to have to be ready to, to take to take advantage of that. Brunts, one guy that you didn't mention and that we have have seen out of action for the last couple of ga- games who does seem to have made some of those plays when he was in was Cam Lenhart. How much of an impact do you think his apparent return this week uh, will be for Nebraska? Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, with the sack thing, um, Nebraska has not been bringing five and six guys in pressure as much as they were at the start of the season. Matt Rule said he wants his, his uh, you know, guys up front to win one-on-one battles, and I feel like you know you kind of go down the, the list of, of you know defensive ends and, and guys that would fit that bill, and then Cam Linhart was winning a lot of one-on-one battles against Minnesota and Colorado, mm-hmm. and you know I, I think getting him back is. is Important, um, you know, that they, they've had a few guys that, that have won those. You know, Jabari Butler had one or two, uh, couldn't finish off the sack against Michigan. Uh, Princewell, I think, did too. But um, you know, if, if you just need a guy to put his hand in the dirt and go get the quarterback, you know, if the guys on the roster, you'd feel pretty good about Cam Linhart. So uh, maybe that gives you a little bit more juice in there. They've moved Princewell um, from defensive end to Jack, so he's going to be playing a little bit differently um you know there's not a, a huge difference in responsibility between the defensive end and the jack but 
maybe you can utilize him a little bit differently to create pressure, but they're going to need guys to, to win one-on-ones up front. And, you know, Kim Lenhart right now is probably as good as Nebraska has going right now. Brunza, I'm, I'm curious about that move with Prince Will from kind of end to that jack spot. Do you think that's kind of just to give him a little bit more space to use what they've called kind of freaky athleticism and not be kind of in the mud so much in the trenches? Or, or what do you think that move – why do you think they made that move? Well, part of it's because they're moving Bayer um, to, to the inside linebacker spot in place of Reimer. Sure. Um, so there's a little bit of a downhill there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I – I think where he is right now, I think they list him at 240. Um, I, I don't know that that's necessarily what he is. He looks <laughs> a bit lighter than that to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to find ways to take advantage of that. And, you know, I, I think in, in small bursts he's been pretty good. Um, and, and, but, you know, you, when you have the playmakers and you got guys that you feel like are game changers, you got to put them in a spot to, to do well. And, you know, for Princewell, it, it really isn't that big of a move. Um, I know he was working at that spot quite a bit uh, in the spring, so it, it's not completely new to him. So I, I wouldn't expect too many, um, you know, growing pains or, or things like that on, on Friday. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an opportunity to kind of feature a guy that, that's one of your better pass rushers. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you talk about kind of looking into the future of, of guys on that defense they're really good about, I don't know that there's anybody that's probably higher on the list right now than Lynn Hart in, in principle. Uh, Brunts, before we get you out of here, a couple uh, just sort of random questions here about, you know, guys that are available or position changes. You know, we didn't necessarily expect a ton from Josh Fleeks, and then he gets one uh, carry and obviously takes that to the house against Michigan, although against backups, um, but uh, did save Nebraska from the shutout there. A guy that uh, it sounded like we expect to see this week is Jaden Doss, who hadn't been playing for other reasons. Obviously, he had the the injury. Um, is there? Do you have any idea what to expect from him, even in terms of like snaps played, much less production? Or, or I guess, how big of a deal is it that he's returning? Well, I mean, it's you know a, a lot of conversation about getting the freshman um, freshman wideouts on the field, and at the you know fall camp start of the season, uh, we were hearing a lot of good things about Jaden Doss. Like you know, he was probably the most ready. Of those wide receivers, I think he would have probably already, you know, played quite a bit um, had he been healthy. But he broke his arm, so uh, you know, I, I always kind of err on the side of caution a little bit whenever a guy's coming back from an injury, especially a younger guy. I mean, maybe you get him in there for a few snaps. I'm not expecting, you know, 25 snaps or anything like that. But um, you know, he, he's he's definitely in the mix, um, which I think is a good thing. And, and it's come at a good time. I mean, with the bye week. You can get him a little experience, get him up to speed a little bit more uh, during the week off. But, uh, you know, I I think they're probably at the point now where you're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with the idea of Jalen Lloyd being in there, uh, with Jaden Dutch being in there. I know Malachi Coleman was coming out of uh, concussion protocol. So, you know, some mix of those guys. But, you know, I I know that they really like what what Jaden Doss is going to be long. I mean, I think they were pretty disappointed. Uh, with, with the injury he had, because it kind of came around the same time that uh, Xavier Betts left, and you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to figure out how this looks. But uh, getting him back is really important because I think long term he's going to be a, a really nice player for Nebraska. That's Michael Brunts from Husker 24/7. Brunts, uh, have a safe trip up there, and you know, there's uh, if you need some food spots, let me know. I've I've got the inside track on some Champagne Urbana spots, so let me know. 
Okay. We're, we're driving through northern northern Missouri to get there. So if you got anything in like silicone beef, let me know. That's uh, that's more of an Avery Howard question. We'll uh, if she comes up with anything, we'll we'll send you a message. Brunts, we appreciate it. Thanks. That's Michael Bruns, Husker 24-7, joining us on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Warhorse Sportsbook is the best place in Nebraska to place your sports bets. Go in person, plenty of kiosks, plenty of tellers, or you can get the Warhorse Casino app. Download it, build your bets, and then go scan the QR code at the casino and place your wager there. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Coming up next, we've got Barrett Salee from CBS Sports to talk about the SEC on Herdat Sports Radio. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.